Every day, in a hundred small ways, our children ask, Do you hear me? Do you see me? Do I matter? Their behavior often reflects our response. L.R. Nost. Hey, hey, friends, I hope you are doing well. Welcome back if you are a return listener. And if this is your first time checking out this podcast, thank you so much for listening. My name's Cal Walters, and I'm really excited about today's content. Today, I'm going to be bringing you an interview that I did with author Justin Batt. And as you'll see, Justin has a ton of wisdom and practical advice that is super helpful for any parent. And really, he's just an all-around inspiring guy. Justin is a husband. His wife is an entrepreneur, and she runs a successful bridal boutique down in Charleston, South Carolina. He's also the father of four awesome kids. He's also the founder and chief dad officer, as he likes to say, of Daddy Saturday and the Daddy Saturday Foundation, which is a movement all about intentional parenting and engaging your kids, which sounds simple, but if you're a parent, I'm sure you know, sometimes that can be tough. And even if you're not a father or a parent, I promise and I truly believe that the principles that Justin teaches and things that he talks about on this episode have applicability to anyone. Now, a little bit about the Daddy Saturday movement. This is a movement that started in Justin's backyard, and it's now international. Justin's goal, his really ambitious goal, is to impact 10 million fathers in the next 10 years and eliminate fatherlessness through his Daddy Saturday Foundation and his team. Justin has done a TEDx talk on fatherlessness. He also speaks internationally on this topic to help raise awareness. And I think it's important to note that when Justin talks about fatherlessness, he's not just talking about those children that don't have fathers physically in the home. He's also talking about fathers who at times, like me, if I'm being honest with myself, sometimes I'm physically present. And sometimes as fathers or parents, we're physically present, but we're not mentally and emotionally present. Or we're not intentional about the way we engage our kids. And Justin, it's funny, he does all of this with Daddy Saturday when he's not at work. Justin has a full-time job. Justin's the president of growth and revenue for Chameleon Partners LLC, which is the global leader in life sciences account management and electronic health records enablement. Justin also has a retail startup that ranks in the top 10% of U.S. businesses. He's also a partner in the real estate app Zoom Offers. And Justin's also a highly sought-after business advisor and healthcare consultant. So it's really neat that Justin can relate to many of us who are busy at work but also have families. Justin has also been recognized for his athletic achievements as an obstacle course race athlete. He competes routinely in Spartan races all across the country. And if you've ever done a Spartan race, you know these things are intense. I did one back in Texas several years ago and was surprised by the obstacles and the amount of of physical fitness that it required. Uh, In fact, really cool, Justin was interviewed on this Spartan Up podcast several weeks ago, which is hosted by Joe Decina, who's the founder and CEO of Spartan race. And I think even cooler, Justin, like the intentional parent he is, he takes his kids and participates in Spartan kids races, which is really cool and completely consistent with what Justin teaches. Uh, I hope that you get a lot out of this interview. I know I sure did. I walked away not only with a ton of fun just hanging out with Justin, but also inspired to be a better
better parent and just a more intentional adult. Uh, I also would love for you to check out Justin's book. It's called Daddy Saturday. We talk about that in the interview. Also, a really special thank you to my friend Ryan Brents. He contributed to the content and questions in this episode, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him. Ryan, I sincerely appreciate your assistance, and I really couldn't do this without your constant encouragement and your support, so thank you so much. Many of you may want to follow and connect with Justin, so like I always do, I'll make sure and put all the links to his website, Daddy Saturday, and the social media platform that he uses to get out all of his content on the show notes at calwalters.me, that's C-A-L-W-A-L. So without any further ado, please enjoy my interview with Justin Bat. All right. Hey, Justin, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you here. Cal, it's great to be on. I know we've been connected on LinkedIn for a while and had all these virtual conversations. It's good to finally see your smiling face. That it just shows the power of LinkedIn. I love it. I love all of your content. If anyone is not following Justin, which I'm sure some of you are learning about Justin for the first time today, please follow him. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the interview. I loved your book. I crushed it, went through it very quickly. The problem is I don't think there's too many spaces in the book now that aren't highlighted. So um, it's, it, was a, it was a really enjoyable, quick read. And uh, I want to encourage all of you to check out Daddy Saturday by Justin Bat. And it seems in the book that at least part of the genesis for Daddy Saturday started with that daddy-daughter date that you had with your, your daughter, Hayden Olivia. So I thought that might be a good place to start. If you could just tell us, at least for those that haven't heard the story about how that went down early on, I guess, in your father career. Yeah. So we, um, my wife had started the bridal boutique and Hayden Olivia was our first child. And so she was, I was at home with her from when she was about two weeks old uh, by myself on most Saturdays. And um, she had become about three years old at that point, And we had just had our second child. And we were, um, I was just looking for something to do to engage my daughter and something I could do special for her and begin to create that bond even at three years old and extend it beyond what a traditional dad and a three-year-old daughter's bond looks like. And so I had this great idea. I'm like, well, why don't we do a daddy-daughter date night and we'll start it early. And so I got dressed up in my suit and tie and had just come home from work and she was in this cute little red dress and we decided to go to downtown Charleston. And um, if those of you are listening are familiar with Charleston, there's this Charleston Place Hotel, which is kind of like oh, at the yeah. center right by the market in Charleston. Yeah. So we'd walk through there and we're getting ready to walk out the other side and it just opened up, starts pouring down rain. So we run across the street really fast and I'm kind of looking for a place to go because um, as we've talked about off camera, Charleston's <laughs> full of great places to eat. Yeah. And I knew we'd find something and her diet at that point was plain buttered noodles in a Shirley temple. So <laughs> super simple to find something. So we found this little Italian place. We dart in, they had a five piece jazz band playing. We were dancing in the lobby before we go upstairs, have an awesome meal together. And, you know, I sat there looking at my daughter one-on-one in this environment at three years old. And I was probably more nervous about that date with her than I was the first date with my wife. Cause you're thinking to yourself as a dad, like, what do I talk about with my three-year-old? Is she going to enjoy this? Is she even going to remember this? Like, is this meaningful to her? Or is this just, just about butter noodles in a Shirley temple? And, you know, as we talked and engaged and laughed and watched her slurp noodles and got done and went and got ice cream, I was sitting um, watching some tourists with her in the Charleston market and felt this crinkle of the receipts in my pocket and kind of pulled them out and was examining those receipts. And I had a lightning bolt moment where I felt like God just spoke to me and said, you know, Justin, you're looking at this like you just spent this money in your daughter. What I want you to realize is that this was an investment you just made in the life of your daughter 
and in the relationship that you have with her. And, you know, that completely changed my paradigm. And it's like, mm -hmm. time is your most valuable asset. We had just invested and built a, a building block and the beginnings of an amazing father-daughter relationship. And, you know, fast forward, she's 12 years old now. And so we haven't been as consistent as I would have liked over the years, but we still do daddy-daughter date nights. We just did one, in fact, last week. And they are just as meaningful today as they were back when she was three. Uh, she still slurps her noodles, but the conversation <laughs> has gotten a lot more enhanced over time. I love that. And so how, does, how did you go from that daddy-daughter date to what is now Daddy Saturday? And, and I, maybe you could explain a little bit what Daddy Saturday is for those that aren't familiar. Sure. So, so I found that as a, a father being in corporate America, I was working extremely hard during the weeks. So I'd have to travel almost every other week out of town to the East Coast. And I'd come back home. I'm stressed out. I'm tired, you know, just fatigued from a long week of meetings and trying to manage the, the corporate job. And I, I call what I have a dad hangover on Saturdays. I'd wake up and you're just exhausted from the week. My wife's working at the bridal store, so she's gone early in the morning. I've got all four of the kids and I'm by myself with them all day on Saturday. And, you know, there was a point where I almost started feeling sorry for myself. Like, gosh, I never get to do anything that I want to do. It's always about my kids and I want to support my wife and I want to be there for my kids. But it's almost like they started to become a burden um, rather than the blessing that they are. And so I just got sick and tired of that and said, you know what? I've been given this amazing blessing. It was another one of those lightning bolt moments. Why don't I make the most of it? and really work on engaging my kids. So how can I do that? And I just deconstructed our day and said, what could I do to make this a meaningful day for them and for me and to begin creating the relationship and the memories that I want to come out of these days that we have together while we have them. And so we started planning our days. I was intentional and I was, I was creating these epic activities that we would do and we kept trying to take it to the next level and I'd film them and put them on YouTube and we had some of the neighborhood kids and the dads coming over wondering what we were doing and they learned about this dad on Saturday activities that we were doing. And it was about um, a couple of months in after doing it where my kids began really looking forward to it. They'd come in the Wednesday for breakfast before school and say, dad, what are we doing this weekend? What are we doing on Saturday? And I'll never forget it. Mason, my middle son, one of those Wednesdays goes, dad, what are we doing for daddy Saturday? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. Mason, you just named it. Like we're claiming that. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how the name Daddy Saturday came about. Um, and then we just began doing more and more and investing more and more in those days. And, and Daddy Saturday was born. Um, and what I learned through those, Cal, through those times with my kids was that I had a recipe for growing the relationship, for growing the communication, for being intentional, for being engaged. And amongst all the failures and the shortcomings that I had as a dad, I had found a recipe that I could use not only in my own family, but help other dads apply that to their lives and their families and their, their fathering and help them achieve the same results that I had. Hmm. What were some of the things you did in those early days? What were some of the, key, the highlight activities that you did on those daddy Saturdays? I would always say the ones that we've repeated multiple times are those early ones that, you know, were just home runs because they, the kids have asked to do them again and again. One of those we did was a bubble wrap battle. So I went to Lowe's Home Improvement and bought these giant rolls of bubble wrap and wrapped up my kids all in the bubble wrap, almost like they look like Ninja Turtles. They had so much bubble wrap on them and little sumo suits. We put them on the trampoline and they just got to go at it and just hit each other and falling down, couldn't get back up. We made jousting sticks and all these other devices with them. And they just had an absolute blast. And we've done bubble wrap battle several times over the years. Um, any form of obstacle course or racetrack, um, 
We have made epic sidewalk chalk race courses in front of our house down the street. In fact, um, you know, we've been notorious for blocking traffic on our road. And um, I'll never forget one day. It's one of my favorite stories. We had finished our day and we'd come inside to start getting lunch and ask the kids to pick up outside. And of course, they, they didn't. They started to come inside. And so the road course was still out there. And Easton was probably four years old at the time. And he's standing by the street and a car pulls up and they can't get through. And the lady rolls her window down and he goes, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to turn around. We're doing Daddy Saturday here today. And the lady's uh, like, Daddy Saturday, what is that? And my neighbor is out there <laughs> laughing his head off going, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Easton walks out and tells this lady, she's got to turn around. The road's closed. It's Daddy Saturday. Oh um, my goodness. And then, you know, probably one of my favorite activities over the years, um, my top two are, we had a bunch of kids come over and we took, um, shower caps and put them on on one group's head and then we covered it with whipped cream and they had those giant cheetos puffs like the curls <laughs> and you throw them and see how many you could get stuck on the other person's shaving creamed or whipped creamed um, head it was a blast the pictures were phenomenal and then we do giant marshmallow toss afterwards to see you could catch the marshmallow the furthest distance um, so stuff like that i mean it's all stuff you can find around the house it's all activities that are right in front of you, right at your fingertips. And, and what I found is this, Cal, most dads, they want to be better dads. They just don't know how. Mm -hmm. We weren't given a field manual for fatherhood. And when they think about engaging their kids, it can be either intimidating or they don't know what to do or they're like, is this going to work? Or, you know, I'm just tired. I don't want to put the emphasis into it. And so I've also found that most dads really come to the point where they're like, I'd rather not do it wrong. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm going to do nothing and therefore I do nothing. So yeah. they'd rather do nothing than do it wrong, right? So they just don't do anything. Yeah. And so the principles of Daddy Saturday are all about just engaging your kids, being intentional and creating epic fun through really simple activities you can do with your kids. Yeah, I can really relate to that idea. And you get kind of going back to your daddy daughter date of feeling nervous. Uh, and the same goes with planning an event. You're, you, you worry, like you said, about I would rather not do anything than, than fail or try to do it and them not have fun. And so it's funny, I think, especially as men, maybe to feel anxiety about just engaging our kids. And I think you talk about that very well in your book. So just for people, what is Daddy Saturday now? Yeah, it's, it's grown <laughs> quite a bit. It's gone from my backyard to a movement. I mean, I did a, a call with a group in Pakistan the other day, early hours of the morning, um, talking to them about fathering like the father. Um, we have a fatherhood fellow, as we call them, who is um, working to restore fatherhood in Kenya, Africa right now. And we're building out a community of fathers all across the country who are creating events and building community and reducing the isolation that we just talked about that a lot of dads feel to create Daddy Saturday, you know, on a national and, and a global level. So, you know, it is a movement. Um, and right now the movement is limited by only one person. And that is me, um, because I am only one person. This isn't my full-time job. And so as we look to expand that and, and grow the platform, um, there will be more opportunities um, as Daddy Saturday continues to expand than it will. And it, we have phenomenal resources. Um, you know, it's really now turned into more of an omni-channel platform, mm -hmm. meaning we're trying to reach fathers through every channel possible. And no matter where they're at in their fathering journey or where they're at in their age bracket, um, we're going to reach them. And so we've got a lot of different resources we use to reach them across you know, many, many channels. Yeah. And I love, I read about your goal and is this still the goal to impact 10 million fathers in the next 10 years? Yeah. 10 million fathers, 10 years, and then ending fatherlessness. Wow. 
And I enjoyed your podcast episode on the Spartan podcast, which really neat. So if you haven't checked that out, and I'll leave a link to that on the show notes of this because it was really good. But I, you mentioned, I think it was four specific groups that you're targeting. Do I have that right? That's right. So through the Daddy Saturday Foundation, which is our 501c3 nonprofit, uh, we're focusing on four groups that just have come to my heart and we felt that are in need. Um, one of those is the incarcerated. Obviously, if you look at fatherlessness, right, they, they, you look at 90% of our prisoners are men and over 70% of those prisoners came from a fatherless environment. So it is an epidemic in our prisons and it's only being perpetuated, right, if we don't do something about it. So that's one. The other is the National Guard. Clearly, they're serving at least one weekend a month, if not more. And so there's an opportunity to help them engage their kids. First responders, so firefighters, police, EMTs, you know, the schedules they work are amazing and, and challenging. And so helping them engage their kids. And then the last is opportunity zones. So low income areas for economic investment where we've looked and it's basically like a hotbed or a heat map, if you will, for fatherlessness, typically lower socioeconomic areas, typically racially diverse and um, very much in need of some fatherhood social programming. I think when a lot of us think of fatherlessness, we immediately go to a group of children that don't have a father in the home. But I love in your book how you talk about fatherlessness is so much more than that. It's a father, maybe like me, who at times is physically present, but is mentally, emotionally, spiritually absent. And I think that that really hit me hard in the book. And one other thing that hit me was how you mentioned how few hours fathers typically get with their children during the week and that it even goes down on the weekend. That really surprised me. Yeah. And, you know, as I've, and a lot of that research now has been updated. And I think the good news is we're now seeing a shift in the millennial fathers where they are spending more time with their kids and they are spending more time on the weekend. So I'm glad to see that trend has changed. That was from the Department of Labor Statistics that we looked at back for the TEDx in the book and some newer information specific to the millennial population is showing that that curb is trending. And so in the right direction. That's what we're here to do is come alongside those millennial fathers in particular and now help them be intentional and be engaged. Because here's the other thing though, um, you can still be physically present. So even though time's going up, if you're emotionally absent or you're staring into your cell phone the entire time yeah. you're with your kids, right, you're disengaged. So it's still fatherlessness in that form. So we, even though we're seeing the trend turn in the right direction, I just still think there's a lot of work to do to help the dads be fully present and engaged that are there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that I love so much about the book and a lot of the stuff you're putting out is not only does it make me take a hard look in the mirror, but you also provided a lot of very practical ways that once I felt that conviction, I could go out and do and implement these things. And so I want to talk, especially for our listeners who maybe you're feeling, hey, I need to be more present. I feel that a lot. I need to be more engaged. I need to be more intentional with my parenting. I'd like to get real practical now, especially for our listeners and, and highlight some of what really stood out to me in the book. And I want to give away the book, but I'll highlight some of the key things. One of the things you said was winning the moment. And you gave several great examples, one of which really hit me about when you come home from work. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about winning those tiny moments and how that adds up over time. Yeah, so absolutely. But I think that in order to do that, you got to start with the beginning of your day. Because if we just go right to the end of the day, yeah. then we've missed a really critical part. And, and so I think there's two other pieces I'll address before I get to that point. Yeah. If that's okay. No, that's great. But the first thing is I think it's really important to have a morning routine and, and get up in the morning early, early enough that you can focus on you. Because if you don't start with yourself and taking care of yourself and being healthy as an individual, then you can't give back to your family, your wife and your kids. 
And so it's really important you wake up early. Um, I have a very strict routine that I do in the morning where my first part of my day is spent talking to God, doing a devotional, being in God's word, focused on prayer. And then after that, I go out and I, I exercise. I get my, my daily exercise in, and then I typically do a little bit of reading um, or listen to a really great podcast during that time while I'm exercising. So I'm also engaging my mind. Um, and then I do a couple of things. I always put myself in an uncomfortable position. A lot of times it is when I'm exercising, but oftentimes I'll take a cold shower or do something that I don't want to do that I have to yeah. break through first thing in the day. Yeah. And after that point, it's all about engaging my kids then first thing in the morning. And we have a routine now with them where it's make your bed, drink a glass of water, and then they exercise too for 15, 20 minutes. It's just a quick routine that they do in the morning. And, you know, we've seen, it's been the biggest change in my life when I started doing that. And then for my kids, it's amazing to see the change in them. And they are so young. And I'm like, gosh, if I had had that when I was their age, right, where would I be today? And so I think it starts there. The next thing is then you move into your day and it's removing anything from your day that's holding you back from spending time with your family. So assessing all of your meetings during the day. And do I need to be in this meeting? What is the goal of this meeting? Because look, if you go and take a meeting, and you waste your time in that meeting, that's time that you could have been home with your family. So I think we also make a bunch of excuses where it's like my day has to end at five or 5.30 just because that's what we do or six o'clock or whatever time that is for you. When does it really? Like, could you really have been home at 4.30 maybe or four o'clock even and still been just as productive during the day had you not taken one of those calls or meetings that was completely unproductive that you didn't need to be in, didn't need to have. So a simple thing, you know, calendaring is really important too. So I say all of that because that impacts how you walk in the door and how you show up more than anything else in terms of like how your day went. So I think that's really critical for, for your listeners to understand that if you're being practical. It starts with the moment you wake up, whether you hit snooze or get out of bed all the way through your day. And then when you do show up, I like to practice a quick bit of meditation. So I just, it can be closing your eyes. It can be thinking of something you're grateful for. It can be just prepping yourself because when I walk into my house with four kids, it's controlled chaos. I mean, typically at that point in the day, um, you know, my wife's been wrangling them and just trying to get them to sit down for dinner or you know, finish their homework and it can be really chaotic. And so I've got to be prepared for that because if I enter that environment with the wrong mindset, like it doesn't go well and it doesn't, I don't show up the way that I want to and I overreact to things that I should be responding to. Um, and I tend to be like a bull in a china shop based on my personality when I get in those moments and I'm not in the right state of mind. So for me, that's a big part. You've got to own that moment when you show up and walk in the door. And it's so critical. The first thing I do oftentimes is I will run to my kids and I will like embrace them and pick them up and hug them. Most times they're running away from me, especially my 12 year old daughter. And you know, that moment of just like, I'm home. And like, I'm coming to get you, whether you are coming to get me or not, um, is so important. So I think that's the first thing. And then of course, I, I give my wife a hug and a kiss too, first thing and pet the dog and all those things. But like, that's so important when you show up, how do you, how are you going to, because look, they're there and you're not there. So you can't just go in and disrupt their environment. You need to slide in and then assume your proper role. I just love that because when I, I think about compare that to, let's say you were getting ready for a big presentation, what would you do? You would, you would mentally prepare yourself, no matter how you felt in that moment, no matter how, like maybe you were tired, whatever, you, you knew that's a big moment of your day. I better mentally engage and be ready no matter what. And I love when you compare, why don't we do that with our family life? Why don't, and I think a lot of us, when we hear this, we're like, man, I need to 
apply some of the same principles I'm applying to my business or my professional life to my family life. Be intentional, plan things out, calendar them, put first things first. I love that. Another thing you said that really hit me in your book is you said, behaviors don't follow feelings, feelings follow behaviors. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if you could talk just a little bit about that because I think that is another thing that as parents often, we want to be good parents. Most people have good intentions. They want to be good parents. If you ask them, what do you want to have at the end of your life? They would certainly want people to say, hey, he was a great father, great mother. But sometimes in the moment, we don't feel like it. And I loved how you put that. I think it's just me being real. And you know what I found, and I think exercise, everyone can relate, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you work out in the morning or at night, doesn't matter. Most times you don't feel like working out. Like it just happens that way, especially if it's early in the morning where you may not feel like getting out of bed. But here's the thing. If you just force yourself to do it, right? So you do the behavior, then the feelings will follow. And it's the same thing with your kids. Um, what I've found is that with my kids, if I, if I view them as a, as a burden, right? There's that feeling of like, gosh, my kids, they're an inconvenience. Kids can be an inconvenience at times. And if you have that mindset, you start telling yourself that story in your head and all of a sudden your feelings towards your kids are causing your behaviors to move away from them instead of towards them, which is being intentional and engaged. So it's so simple to do. You might be feeling like your kids are annoying you or they're an inconvenience. So what do you do? You go and bury yourself in work or you go distract yourself socially or you spend time in your phone. And so it's super easy to do that. Whereas if you just go and engage your, engage your kids, that's the behavior intentional it's the behavior then all of a sudden you get in the moment and guess what the feelings start to follow and now your kids become your assignment they become a blessing instead of an inconvenience or a burden have you found that on daddy saturday if there's certain saturdays you're like i don't feel like doing this i don't want to plan this and then you actually get in the moment and you're like oh, i'm really glad i did this yeah when i started out it happened all the time right and and as that kind of new dad trying to be intentional and be engaged you know it was hard for me a lot of, i call it the dad hangover right i'd wake up on those <laughs> yeah. saturdays like i said and like there were times plenty of times i didn't feel like engaging my kids or planning out this epic day um but we'd get into it we'd do it and you know some of our my most favorite moments were when i had the chance just to sit back and just watch my kids or we're laying on the trampoline tickling each other, looking up at the clouds, just hanging out. Like those, those are precious memories that I will take with me forever. And it's all because I took the time to spend and engage them and overcome those initial feel, feelings of insecurity or insignificance or inadequacy or whatever that was driving the reason why I didn't want to engage them in the first place. I think now I've been doing it so long, like anything else, it's become mm-hmm. a habit. It's become a ritual. Yep. It's become a part of my normal so it's just like, I, that's what we do on Saturday. I don't expect any different. And it's, let me also say it's changed over time. And this is a big misconception that people have. Daddy Saturday is the name. The, the core principles we're talking about are not just on Saturdays. Clearly, this is, this is a lifestyle. This is a parenting methodology. This is meant for you to engage your kids with intentionality every single day of the week and all the time that you're with them. That's the important takeaway. And I think if you do that, and have that mindset, then guess what? Your Saturdays just become part of that. And it doesn't have to be the whole day. It can be a, a section of the day, but you're looking at ways to engage them, be intentional, and by nature, it just becomes epic. I love in your book, you also talk about how, or ask the question to yourself, what story are you giving your kids? I think when that question really hit me hard, it reminded me that we have such a giant impact 
on their story. You think about my story growing up. I mean, that was shaped by my parents. So much of that is shaped by our parents. And you also mentioned how it's important to view yourself in the right way. And you talk about viewing yourself as the guide. I wonder if you could explain that a little bit. Yeah. So, so there's a, an entirely new concept that I'll bring into this conversation. It's not in the book. It's going to be in a, a video series we have coming out. Um, and it's called epigenetics. And I can't put this stuff down. It's the science of the fact that far more is imprinted on you than just the DNA of your parents. And it's their environment, their circumstances, what they put in their body. Um, they're, they're modeling for you. Um, and that goes back three to four generations, right? All falls down. And then if you look at yourself, um, there are things that are buried deep inside of you, like an iceberg. And we only typically address the tip of the surface. We don't go really deep very often. And what, what the point is of epigenetics are that what's going on inside of you is true, whether you want to believe it or acknowledge it or not. And so the point is to understand what's going on inside of you and acknowledge those things and get them out there to decide, is this something that was from my past that's now impacting my present? And do I want to take this into my future or not? Do I want to kill it at the root and get rid of it? Or is this something I want to build on? And so many of us have a father wound, right? That came, that was passed down, that came from our experiences with our dad or, or lack of father being there. And that has impacted us greatly in our parenting style. And so I think that, you know, this all ties into that conversation of how you um, really model for your kids. And oftentimes we just take the role of wanting to be the hero because of those factors that I just described because we didn't have a father or our father wasn't there for us. So we want to change that and be that dad for our kids. And it's great on the premise and, and on the surface. And it's great for trying to sell books or, you know, push, push to an audience about dad being the hero or sell t-shirts or coffee mugs. But in reality, it doesn't work. And here's why. Because when you show up as your kid's hero, what you're doing is robbing them of the chance to experience success or failure on their own and learn from both success and failure. And we see that right now in the millennial generation being played out where so many millennials were not allowed to experience failure and that caused them to then go into adulthood with a, a lack of mechanism for how to deal with that. So now if you fail in adulthood, you've never had that experience in your youth, it can be catastrophic because you have no mechanism for how to process that appropriately. And so what I found is that instead of being the hero, like every movie that's ever been made, there's also a villain or a conflict that occurs and there's a guide. In this case, now it's Baby Yoda, right? So you got Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, and Baby Yoda. So you need to be Baby Yoda. And by being Baby Yoda, you serve as the guide along with your kids, meaning when they experience success or failure, you're there to help shepherd them through that process, help them fail fast, help them learn from failure, not get too high from success, overcome that conflict but they do it on their own and they build those mechanisms so that later in life they become good kids and become great adults. And there's two side benefits of this that I didn't expect when I first decided to be the guide. One is that you lower your ego because you're not the hero anymore. They're the hero of their own story. And so it allows you to bring other guides into the picture that may be skilled or give your kids experiences that you just can't give them. Um, quick example. So I grew up in Northwest Ohio, fished on lakes and rivers. You know, Lake Erie is almost like an ocean but it's still a lake. I have no idea how to do deep sea saltwater fishing. And I live here on the coast. My kids wanted to go deep sea saltwater fishing. So like any good dad, what do I do? I go find a fishing guide. This happened to be one of my mentors and who, who is a physical guide for me too, but he was also our fishing guide for the day. We had an incredible experience and he's been fishing on the sea for 20 plus years. 
He knew exactly what to do, what bait to use, where to go, how to fish. We felt completely safe the entire time. And I would have never, ever been able to give my kids that experience that he gave them unless I was willing to lower my ego, serve as the guide and allow other guides to come into the picture. And the coolest part about it was because he was there, I got to sit back and observe my kids, which is something I really get the chance to do and just watch them interact and work through trying to learn how to fish. And it was such a cool experience. The last piece is that um, when you get older, like you and I, Cal, we don't need a hero in our life anymore. Our dad is our hero and he always will be. We need a guide at this point um, at the stage that we're in in life, right? I need a, a guide to guide me through major life decisions, guide me spiritually, guide me with parenting my kids. And so when you assume the role of the guide early, it allows you to naturally assume that place later in life. Mm, that's so good. I think it, to me, it highlights kind of an abundance mindset that I can allow someone else to impact my child. And that doesn't detract from me in any way. In fact, that actually elevates me long-term. I really think that's great. And so now I want to go into very, some very specific things that uh, you mentioned in the book. Tell me about these four jars that you have at your house. Yeah. So one of the things that, again, making time your most valuable asset and just thinking about the number of, of Saturdays that my kids have in the home, my chances to engage them on those weekends um, we filled up jars with pebbles. So they're clear jars and they have these white pebbles in them. And the average child has just over 930 some odd weeks in the home or daddy Saturdays in this case. And so, so we calculated the kids years and the number of pebbles in a jar represent one week or one daddy Saturday. They're in the home. And every single weekend we take one of those pebbles out of the jar and we start our daddy Saturday together. And, you know, it was a, a very great visual exercise. And we look up and, you know, the saddening part of it was when my daughter did it the first time, she was nine years old. And I'm like, Hayden, your jar is halfway empty. Like you're already halfway out of the house and you're nine years old. Like now she's 12. She's two thirds of the way out of the house and she's 12 years old. Like we don't think about it that way. You're like 12. We have so much time. She's already two thirds of the way there, right? So it's a great reminder of just that, that time you have with your kids. And so what we decided to do though is, um, as with anything like that with four kids, we're, we're not always the greatest at remembering every single weekend or you travel, right? And you miss some. So the count gets off. We have to recount them every once in a while. So what we did was um, we have an Alexa skill where you can actually ask Alexa what you should do on Saturday. And she will look at the weather in your area and she will give you an indoor outside activity based on the weather. Put the items in your shopping list. You can order them straight off of Amazon then. And, and she'll also email you, email you the instructions. Super simple. So what we did was we said, well, all right, let's make this also, also voice activated or digital. So Alexa can now, um, as I said her name, she just turned on. Alexa can also um, now tell you how many weeks each of your child or children have left in the home, how many Daddy Saturdays they have left in the home um, based on that data. And she'll actually tell you, your child has 323 Daddy Saturdays left. Wow. Yeah, I think that we always think we have so much time. And every, the first thing you always hear from any parent who's got children out of the house is, man, it goes by fast. And, uh, you know, I, if we could just internalize that now while we're in the moment living it, and I think that's a great way to do that. Tell me now, about this. Oh, go ahead. Me, I'm sorry. Let me share one thing there because yeah, yeah. You know, we talk about the, the fun part of that and, the, and the, the rose part of it. And everybody here, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, treasure time in high school. It goes mm -hmm. so fast. Treasure time in college goes so fast. Your kids grow up so fast. Don't blink. We hear that so much. And yet it's like we kind of just still tend to ignore it. Mm -hmm. So I think what we've tried to do is put it back in front of you 
Um, and, and you know, I, I, this story just it tugs on my heart every time I talk about it. But I have a great friend who was has two children, a girl and a boy, and he was with his little boy all the time. They were absolutely inseparable. This little guy was about two years old, and he literally was like just attached to his dad's hip. They did everything together. He was so intentional, super engaged. And tragically, his son was, was run over and killed in a tragic accident just this past summer. And, you know, I watched him grieve and I watched him go through that process. And it's never easy. Mm-hmm. But one thing I can tell you is he was a, a dad who didn't have a lot of regrets mm-hmm. because he was absolutely intentional, engaged, and there with his son all the time. And, of course, he had that little pain of, like, could I have done more? Could I have been there more? But I think, you know, people on the outside looking in would, would say, you know, he was an amazing dad. And it relieved a lot of those regrets. So we just never know, right? The time with our kids is so valuable. And I just don't want to look back and have those regrets. And my good buddy didn't either. Wow. Tell me about this dad resume. (laughs) The dad (laughs) resume. So um, Jesse Itzler, who is a well-known entrepreneur and singer and rapper. And, you know, Jesse's all over the place. Married to Sarah Blakely, founder of Spanx. And Jesse has this thing called the life resume. And I think it's a, a really cool way to, to look at your life in a unique standpoint and say, you know, what are those kind of bucket list items? What, do I want, what about skills do I want to learn? What do I want to overcome? What are some amazing events that I want to take part in? Um, your dad resume is much the same. Your dad resume is all about um, at the end of your time as a quote unquote father with kids in the home, what do you want to look back and have as a part of your dad resume? And, you know, there's two sides to that resume. And do you want to have it filled with intentional, engaged, epic moments and memories that you just treasure and share? And that list is so long, you don't know what to pick because there's so many. Or do you want to look back at that and it be relatively blank? And there was a bunch of missed opportunities where I should have, would have, could have along the way. And so I think it's just putting it down on, on paper on purpose to say, you know, what is the ultimate end game that I want to have as I want my kids to say about me as a dad and put that on paper. I think a lot of people talk about writing your own obituary, right? It's kind of the same thing. It's writing your own dad resume to say, what do I want to have as those key moments or markers or milestones that were part of my fatherhood journey along the way? So do you have a dad resume that you continue to update as you go? So I have a version of it. I don't really call it the dad resume, if you will. That's more of just a a, a cognitive term to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a, and I have personally, so we've got a, a painted picture, which is a, a 30 years out. It, it literally, it's a family meeting. We all come back together and I'm leading the family meeting and it's, it's in vivid detail, exactly where we are, um, kind of the stage of life that we're in, the trips we've taken, um, the health, the spiritual factor, whether my kids are married or their grandkids, like that whole picture is painted out super in, in great detail. And it's not like, you know, this son's a doctor, that son's a lawyer. That's not what I'm talking about. It's, it's about health and spiritual health and physical health and kind of where they're at and who I see them being as a person, as an individual. And it's all in great detail. So I've got that. And then we have our um, vision for our family, our mission for our family. And then we've got goals and we've got 10 year goals that ladder into the 30 years and then five year, one year. And we break those down into uh, month, week and day that all ladder up to that. So that's kind of my process. And it goes back to the conversation earlier we talked about is we don't bring home a lot of the great things that are part of business. We leave them at the office. We bring the bad stuff home. We should be bringing some of the good stuff home, like mission, vision, values that we can embed in our family. 
The other thing we do have is we have them, they're called uh, dream boards or vision boards. And the kids just did these. So if you go on my social, you can see it. Um, we had them do vision boards and it's for the year and it's all the things that they want to accomplish this year. And they had to cut out pictures and kind of create a collage of their vision for the year. So you know, we, we do it on the short term. I think the dad resume is more of a concept to say, looking back over the term of your fatherhood, what do you want to have on that resume? Imagine if we spent more time building that dad resume than we did building our own professional resume. Yeah. You know, I had a wise mentor that once told me, um, if you succeed at work, but fail at home, you fail at both. Mm. And sums it up right there. That's so good. So to those skeptical dads out there, or maybe, maybe I'm a dad and I'm listening to this and my parent, my children are all out of the house. What do you say to them who they're saying, you know, it's too late. It's too late for me. My kids are gone. I wish I'd had this advice back then. You know, what can I do now? So it's probably the, the second most frequent comment that I get is from fathers who say, I wish I would have had this 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago when I was more of an active dad. And what I say to them is, you know, let's take a look at your dad resume and is it where you want it to be? And it's never too late. And what I found is that if you move towards your kids, um, they will eventually move back towards you, even if they're an adult. And what kind of relationship do you want with your kids if they're an adult? You know, one of the biggest tragedies in our country is the relationship between parents and their adult children. I think it's a, it's a chasm that exists because it's like, let's get them out of the house, get them into college, get them married, and then we wait until we have grandkids. And there's this big gray area in the middle. Mm. And so it's an area that needs to be addressed. And one of the things that I think is so important is to say, uh, if, you, if you feel like you made too many mistakes, that's a story you're telling yourself in your head. If you feel like you weren't there and because of those things, you don't feel like your kid wants to engage with you, it's a fallacy. And you got to move past that and to start to engage. And remember, feelings follow behavior. Behaviors don't follow feelings. So you move towards your kids. You engage them in intentional ways. You focus on them and they will move back towards you. And over time, you will be able to create that relationship. And you know, I've counseled several dads through this. And the interesting thing is there's sometimes where the kid comes flying back towards them because it's what they've wanted all these years. And now that they see that picture in their dad and it's the dad that they always wanted. And if they've got grandkids then you've got the chance to, you've got to redo or pay potentially multiple redos um, right there in front of you as well. You mentioned a video series that's coming out. Can you, can you talk about that? Or is it too early to, to mention that? No, I'm happy to. So your, your show will get the exclusive on this. Um, <laughs> we have uh, a product called dad boss. And Dad Boss is an, an info product, a video series, a seven-part series that focuses on um, kind of the status of fatherhood and manhood, and then walks men and fathers through the core components of fatherhood and how they become an intentional and an engaged dad. Now, we brought in David and Jason Benham and did it in partnership with them. They're two amazing former pro baseball players, nine kids between the two of them, just amazing, awesome dads. So we've got a, a session that I do with them and kind of a panel. Then I brought in Chad Willardson, who's another amazing father out of California, who's also a financial wealth advisor. And he talks about the finances of fatherhood and you know, managing and being a steward of not only the, the money, but the, the memories. Uh, super cool session. So we've got about uh, seven sessions and um, it'll be a product that can help so many dads and we can reach dads at scale with incredible information. And it's a, you know, it's a move off the book. So some of the concepts are there, 
but it's a whole bunch of new material. We do talk about epigenetics in it. And then we're going to follow that with a, a live virtual coaching uh, series as well that, that fathers can come and engage in. I love that. And so if I'm a listener, I'm listening to this, how can I support Daddy Saturday? How can I support what you're doing? How can I follow you? What are the best ways to connect with you? Yeah, I would turn that around and say, how can I support your listeners? And so we would, we would love to support any of your listeners by them coming and engaging in our platform. We have built tons of free resources to help you be more intentional and be more engaged as a dad. DaddySaturday.com, the website is the hub for all things Daddy Saturday. So it's an omni-channel platform and everything kind of, kind of disseminates from there. Follow us on all social media. We're everywhere. The YouTube channel is going to be relaunching. Um, it's going to be more for targeted towards the kids. My kids will kind of be the stars of the show to encourage the kids to then work with their dads to, to bring the activities to dad, right? To make it even easier on fathers to, to say yes. Um, and we've got the Alexa skill, which please download and use that. It's at your fingertips. It gives you the activities right there. We've got a podcast ourselves that you can listen to for more great content. Um, grab a copy of the book if you'd like the field manual of fatherhood and join the community. We have an online community at daddysaturday.com slash community where you can join a group, you can start a group, and they're all interest-based groups with common fathers who have common interests. And, um, you know, it's a great support group, great shared interest group. And, you know, those are the, probably the major ways that, that you can engage. And then within daddysaturday.com, you'll also see access to the foundation. And so if you feel so compelled and you want to help us to really fund fatherhood and change the next generation, those four populations we're targeting, you have the opportunity to give there as well as to serve. Well, Justin, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast today. And I tell you, I'm not exaggerating when I say this is a great book. It's a quick, easy read. In fact, I have three copies that I would love to send to someone. So if you're a listener, just reach out to me. I've got three copies. I'll mail them to you. Uh, I would love to bless you with that the way it's blessed me. Uh, Justin, I, I just love what you're doing. And I know it's not just you, but I, I can just sense your heart behind this is so genuine and you're modeling it for your family and you're modeling it for the rest of us. And I, I just want to encourage you if there's any way that I can help you and that's not an empty ask, I would love to support you. And I know, I know your heart is to help people, but I, I know that uh, you need a lot of help too, because you can't do it alone. You're a talented guy, but to reach 10 million fathers in the next 10 years, which is an incredible goal. It can make a substantial impact on not just families, but our country and internationally. So uh, love what you're doing. Thanks for your time today. I'd love, to, I want to get you out of here so you can go and spend time with your kids. Hey, I want to just ask you guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Please subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to the Daddy Saturday podcast. I, I want to thank all of you that have rated this podcast on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to leave you all with a quote from, from Justin in his book. And he says, I can't promise you this will be easy, but I can assure you that it will be worth it. The time is now, and this is your defining moment as a father. Justin, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks, Cal. Appreciate you. Mm -hmm.